So we're studying through the letters of John, and we just finished up chapter 1. But I wanted to go back to the first section in 1 John chapter 1 and add some supplemental teaching to what I may have not been able to cover in uh, the time allotted for the main sermon, main teaching on on this letter. And, And the reason for doing this is to help provide a deeper understanding of the text so that we can know what the text says, know what the Bible says, so that we can know God better. Not just so that we can be smarter, uh, but so that we can know God better and worship Him uh, more fully. And so uh, the purpose, I'm going to do several of these throughout as we're, as we're going through the study of 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, just to help add some teaching, add some um, knowledge and clarification on some things, and maybe to consider, consider some things we didn't get to talk about uh, in the main <clears throat> teaching on this. And so today I want to consider the question, why does Jesus's humanity matter? Why does Jesus's humanity matter? Uh, just to kind of refresh our memories, John wrote these letters. He wrote this letter, 1 John in particular, to believers to assure them of their faith uh, in, in Christ Jesus, but also to contrast and to, contra- uh, to combat some false teaching that was taking place. Uh, in in First John chapter two verse nineteen, uh, there were some people who uh, John said they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with, with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. So there were some guys and and there's some people in 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 the church that had had left and they were walking away from the faith, and it was clear that they had not belonged. They were they were teaching some things about Jesus, and John was writing to combat this. And what it was an early form of what we know as Gnosticism. Gnosticism. Uh, Gnostics. These these people believed uh, maybe in a superior knowledge. They believed that. Jesus didn't really come in the flesh. They believe that Jesus may have appeared as a human, appeared as a man, but he really wasn't human and he couldn't have been because they believed that all matter was evil. And therefore, if Jesus were to, were to have taken on flesh, that he would have taken on evil. And they, they, they said that couldn't happen. But we, we know this is not true. And John was writing this letter and, and starts off in verses 1 through uh, for just really giving this strong declaration, this strong uh, assurance that Jesus had come in the flesh. Chapter 1, verse 1 says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And, and John is just declaring right off the bat, Jesus was human. He came. He was here. We looked at him. We heard him. We touched him. We, 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 we saw Jesus. He, he was flesh. We saw him. In his gospel, in, in John chapter 1, the gospel of John chapter 1 verse 14, a verse we know, says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Again, John is saying he was here. He was flesh. Jesus came as flesh. He came as flesh and blood. He was, he was a real human being. He was a real human person. So we, we established that when we talked about Jesus' humanity, the truth about who Jesus was. But why does his humanity matter? Why does the, matter, the humanity of Jesus matter? Well, I think it's important to understand, really, uh, the intercessory role of Jesus as the great high priest in order to understand the importance of his humanity. Christianity rests on the person and work of Jesus Christ. 
we place our faith in Jesus Christ. We put our hope in Jesus Christ. Uh, we trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. And so, really, Jesus Christ is what separates Christianity from everything else. And so, understanding Jesus' role as a great high priest is really important as we consider why His humanity matters. If you look at the book of Hebrews, uh, in the book of Hebrews uh, chapter 2, verses 14 through 18, we get a clearer understanding of that Jesus was in the flesh. And we see a little bit of explanation why this is important. Hebrews 2.14 says, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one who has power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Two things that I really want to point out that are really important. Verse 14, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, He himself likewise partook of the same things. What same things? The same things that the children share, flesh and blood. Jesus took on flesh and blood. He became like one of us. And verse 17 says that he had to do this. He had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of people. Jesus had to become a human so that he could be a faithful and merciful high priest that would atone for our sins, that God would be pleased with, and that God would accept. If you look over to the end of chapter 4 in Hebrews going into chapter 5, verse 14 says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us in our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of, because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. 
Jesus was our great, he is our great high priest. He didn't appoint himself to this position. As, as verse 4 says, no one takes this honor for himself, but only when appointed by God, just as Aaron was, so also Christ did not exalt himself. Paul makes that very clear in Philippians chapter 2 that Jesus didn't exalt himself, but he humbled himself. He was obedient to God. He was obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And then verse 9 says, therefore, because of what Jesus did, because he was obedient, because he humbled himself and, and submitted to the will of the Father, therefore God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So Jesus humbled himself, and God exalted him and made him the great high priest. We think about the priest. They, the verse 4 mentioned Aaron. We think about Aaron and we think about the Old Testament and the priests. And that great passage in Leviticus 16 about the Day of Atonement, this wonderful Old Testament passage as we think about the high priest going into the most holy place, the holy of holies, to make intercession, to atone, to offer sacrifices, to atone for the sins of Israel. The high priest was, was one of the Israelites who was appointed by God to go into the most holy place to offer sacrifices and to, to atone for the sins of Israel. And God was pleased with that. So we think of Jesus becoming like one of us. If Jesus wouldn't have taken on human flesh, if he wasn't a human, if he didn't come in the form of a man, then Jesus is disqualified to be our sacrifice that atones for sin. We are still dead in our sins. We are still hopeless and helpless. But because Jesus took on flesh, because Jesus fully was a man and fully was God, because He was a real human being, He could rightly represent us before God. But He wasn't. He didn't leave behind His deity to take on humanity. He was fully God, fully man. And this matters because Jesus could rightly represent us before God while at the same time forgiving us and interceding for us. Jesus lived a perfect life. He lived a perfectly obedient life, submitting to the will of the Father. He lived in perfect obedience. And we think about uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, that He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. So what that means is Jesus took our sin, God placed our sin on Jesus and treated Jesus as if he had committed our sin. And he took Jesus' righteousness and places it on us so, and looks at us as if we had lived Jesus' life. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. He is the one who reconciles God to man. He is the one who was qualified to do it because he was sinless. He is God and he came as a human to be the perfect sacrifice, to become like one of us so that He could rightly represent us before God and that He could forgive us of our sins. And He stands today interceding for us, interceding for us on behalf of the Father, before the Father on our behalf. So when we think about the humanity of Jesus, why is it important? Well, because our salvation depends on it. Our salvation depends on Jesus being fully human. Our salvation depends on the fact that Jesus lived a perfect sinless life as a human being, as a man like one of us, tempted in every respect yet without sin, to live, to be the perfect sacrifice, living a perfect life in perfect obedience to God, obeying the law, doing everything that God had intended for us to do. Jesus was that perfect sacrifice. And therefore, we can rest assured that we can have salvation in Jesus. And we'll look at it a little bit later that 
uh, about confessing our sins and, and Jesus is righteous and just to forgive us of our sins. Jesus promises to forgive us of our sins when we place our faith in him, we confess our sins, agreeing with God about our sins. And, and so let this be um, helpful to you as you study 1 John, as you think about why Jesus' humanity matters. It matters because your salvation depends on it. It matters because without Jesus' humanity, we would still be lost in our sins. We would still be unforgiven, and we would still be without hope. Jesus' humanity matters because our salvation depends on it.